Chapter 1 HMS Batteur, off Mondego Bay, September 14th, 1812, Monday My dear M, it was very fortunate that I kept to my post at the George Inn at Portsmouth, for at seven in the morning of Saturday the 5th I was called from my bed by the Admiral, who told me that in consequence of the news from Madrid he had received orders to send a ship of war after Pie Ladies to endeavour to prevent her landing the money she had carried to Oporto, and to direct her captain to take it on to Lisbon. He told me that if I could get ready and on board immediately I might accompany him. Accordingly, soon after nine o'clock, I was on board His Majesty's ship the Vatur, or Vator, or Vulture, a fast sailing brig of sixteen guns, fourteen carronades, twenty-four pounders, and two long nines, the only remaining trophy in our navy of the glorious expedition to the Scheldt. The captain, a most open-hearted friendly man by name Lawless, is a native of the south of Ireland. The vessel is an excellent sailor, and the whole in good order with a fine crew of a hundred and five men. But the accommodations are very small, as all is made for use, and nothing for convenience or ornament. The captain's cabin, about ten feet by twelve, he shared with me. One of us hung up a cot on each side at night, and we lived there when these cots were removed in the daytime. There was no opening but the hatches at top, no windows at all. I had, however, what was most material, a most friendly, kind reception, and shared every comfort the captain was possessed of. This consisted of a joint daily, generally fresh, good wine and brandy, vegetables, and, up to this day, good bread, great attention, and a thorough welcome. Friday the 11th At eleven o'clock precisely, as our timepieces and observations had indicated, we sighted Spain, and had the additional amusement of good charts and maps and telescopes to examine the coast, besides assisting in the observations on deck and watching all that was going on. The scene was one of constant activity during the voyage, not a moment's idleness. The sails were mended, the masts were repaired, the deck was caulked and made watertight for the winter, the winter rigging was made ready, the sides of the ship painted. All this, besides the usual routine duty of the ship, was done whenever there was smooth water. One fine, calm evening, the captain amused me with a sham fight, and put the men through their exercises, first at one set of guns, and then at the other. Marines and all were at work. He showed me also the effect of a long shot and a grape shot from the carronades in the water. These occupations, with a little reading and writing preparatory to my land journey, filled up the days until the dark when we took to our cots. We first made the land off Cape Adrian, halfway between Cape Ortugal and Cape Finisterre, and got in close to the Sisaga Island, about one o'clock on Friday the 11th. We then coasted close inshore all the way to Cape Finisterre, which we reached at dark. The shore is very bold and fine, but with a barren aspect, and the appearance of an inhospitable and almost uninhabited land. The high tracks towards Corunna, and perhaps about Ferrol, were only just visible at first, but from Sisaga to Finisterre we saw them about as plainly as we should have done on shore. Saturday 12th. This morning we found ourselves close off Cape Salieres, having passed Vigo Bay in the night. Thence we slowly crept along the shore all that day in sight of the country, buildings, etc., until we arrived at dark within about twelve miles of Oporto, 
off Villa de Conde. The country is very beautiful and picturesque, nearly as bold as the former, but very much built over, dotted with many villages and detached houses, and verdant with much wood. All is externally very lovable and delightful. Monta Santa Tecla, at the entrance of Mino, is an imposing object, and the whole coast is interesting, especially from Viana to Oporto, and most of all about the Villa de Conde and Oporto. Conde is a handsome-looking town, well situated with several large good-looking houses, and an aqueduct, reaching nearly three hundred miles, I should think, parallel to the shore, through two villages to the hills. The hills were well wooded, and many houses, villas, etc. covered their sides. Whether the aqueduct was still in use we could not discover, but I saw no breaks in it as I viewed it all through the glass. We made signals to the pilots to come out from all quarters.